1: Thank you so much for joining us on this important update on the teachings of Bethel and Bill Johnson. With me today, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel.
2: Praise the Lord. Blessed to be here. Looking forward to getting to it.
1: Yeah, I think one of the big things here that we're going to be discussing today, one of the many big things, is the fact that these doctrines that we're gonna be talking about are very serious and we also want to show because what has taken place as we mentioned in the intro what has taken place is the fact that Bethel has gone out and now done this I guess you would say a re-imaging some PR uh, work and as we're gonna talk about people even conservative Christians have fallen for a lot of the spin that they've created So we're gonna go through some of the clips today. And what we wanna do is take every speculation and lofty thing brought up against the knowledge of God and bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. And the best way to do that is to hear it from their own words and then have myself and Pastor Joe dig in and bring these thoughts captive. And the first clip that we're gonna bring up from their Rediscover Bethel series, or Bethel Rediscovered, I should say, the first clip we're talking about here I think deals a lot with where we get our basis for understanding the spiritual realm even, where we get our basis for understanding demonic activity, where we get our basis for doctrine, and you're going to hear about some of the experimenting going on at Bethel.
3: When it comes to ministry when it comes especially to areas that are in the bible that we don't know anyone who's who's really living in fully Mm -hmm. we experiment Mm -hmm. and that makes a lot of people nervous but that is that is the nature of it and sometimes we succeed and when we do it's usually big and when we fail it's usually Mm Big, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so there's a there's a mess to clean up, but that's we have almost like uh, the unspoken agreement in our in our family in our leadership team, is uh, research and development means we're going to yeah. we're going to create room to, to see if we can learn together, stay accountable, uh, but let's see if we can learn this thing together and and touch into some things that are in the word that are not the normal part of church life.
4: Yeah, and so that's one of the ways that we. And it's not just the leaders; we want our people to be have uh, yeah, yeah. great character in like yeah. uh, in the manufacturing, but yeah. also to walk with the Lord and to just experience what the Lord has for them yeah. uh, in in a variety. Knowing that Scripture, I think you talk about it, Scripture doesn't limit all the experiences we have, but it it
3: sets a trajectory for the sorts of experiences that we yeah, have. Exactly, there are lists in the Bible. The lists don't contain God; they reveal God. They don't restrict what He can do; they reveal the nature of what He does.
1: Well, you know, if you guys didn't know who Bill Johnson right there is sitting down with is Dan Fairley, and he is the dean of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And if you go to our five-part series, Bethel or Beth Hell, you will find on the fourth part we examine what is called Christian Hogwarts, the very school that he is the dean of. And I think, Pastor Joe, there are a lot of very, I guess, some really dangerous things that are said there. And maybe if you were just watching it real quick, you wouldn't think about it. But when he talks about this experimenting, when he talks about the word of God not limiting these experiences that we may have, maybe we could talk a little bit about the dangers in that thought process.
2: Yeah, even the supernatural school of ministry, uh, we compared it the Hogwarts because uh, they're doing basic a lot of you know witchcraft type techniques. In fact, we show where a Gal, uh, she's all into witchcraft and everything, and the prophetesses and so forth just said basically you're being led by God in this, and said that God's going to bless you in the future and. It's one thing and I praise God if you say, hey, we recognize there's been major failures which they have. but it's one thing to recognize them, but you, you ha- and he talks about cleaning them up, but they're not for the most part, from the things that we've addressed, they're basically saying bless this mess, you know and you can't have a huge mess that's that's causing people's uh, sh- you know faith to be shipwrecked and just say, bless it, Lord, you've got to actually change your doctrine and make sure it is basically biblical doctrine. Uh, is mirrored in your experiences so uh, to actually say that you know God doesn't limit himself you know he's it it, you know there's no limits and so forth Uh, I haven't heard anything so ridiculous from someone who claims to represent Christ in ages because uh, biblically speaking there's several things God won't do it says he can't lie because he's constrained by his own nature Uh, the Bible says he can't deny himself and so forth Uh, and uh, he has given us limitations as far as in regard to what we, uh, with, with regard to doctrine and practice. You can't come up with some really weird demonic behavior and say, Ah, uh, you know what, you know what, yeah, the Bible condemns homosexuality and bestiality, but they don't condemn this weird sexual perversion where somebody's having sex with trees or something. You can't limit God, you know. Well, basically, I, I find it ironic, though, because the scriptures themselves are very clear about testing the spirits to see whether they're from God, you know, test everything, hold fast to that which is good. You don't believe every spirit. Why not? Because the scriptures put a limit on following, following the Lord and not following Satan. So we have scriptures and I think it's ironic because I really feel, and and, and we believe in the power of God. We believe in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe we're not, we're not sensationist or cessationist. Uh, so we're not sensationalism, or, or 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 just saying the scripture that, that, that God can't work anymore; He doesn't move anymore. Uh, we believe the truth is more in the middle, and these guys are definitely in the sensationalist side. And into you know, there's those who restrict God and what He's clearly said in His Word, and they'll forbid things that the Scriptures say. Don't forbid it speaking in tongues. It says quench not the spirit. It says deny not, despise not prophesying. Uh, you know, uh, you know, seek the greater gifts, and all these things are in Scripture. So we don't deny that. In fact, we pursue the Lord, and we've seen Him by the grace of God a number of times works supernaturally in our fellowship and in our lives. We see the Spirit of God at work. It's a beautiful thing to behold. However, the scriptures tell the Corinthians, which I think this is important, because Paul, when he addresses uh, the believers at, in Corinth, he says these things in the Old Testament, they were written down for our instruction so we don't fall in the way that they fell. In other words, we need to learn from what's been written. Well, guess what? It's also awesome because now we can go back to the church at Corinth and read verses at Corinthians and we can learn about all their excesses that were, that God said they needed to do decently in order and limit them. And he limited what, he said, don't y'all speak in tongues at once? Or they'll think you're mad. An unlearned person will come in and think that you're you're mad. And I was going to a, a church where they believed in the gifts of the Spirit. And I did too. But I was a new Christian. And I brought a friend. And everybody started speaking in tongues at once. And the, 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 the guest evangelist said, get up. They never say anything like this before or after. He says, and everybody's speaking in tongues. And I'm like, I'm like with my friend. This gal that I invited, I'm like, oh, Lord God, you know. This guy's, having I mean, everybody here thinks they have tongues. So I'm just listening. They go, now everybody rebuke the devil in tongues. And then it was just mayhem. So, but the, the trippy thing is, is that scriptures say, he that speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but speaks to God. So if they were genuinely speaking in tongues, and I do believe in the gift of tongues, but let's say they were genuinely speaking in tongues, and they're speaking in this language, biblically it would be to God, if it was legitimate. Okay? Well, now he says, now rebuke the devil in tongues. It's safe. They don't skip a beat. They're just, now it's rage. It goes from blah, 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 to ah! and, all, and it was jam-packed. I was like, oh, Lord God. So you're screaming at God. Uh, it's not a tongue. Or it's definitely not to the devil. Because tongues aren't made to talk to the devil. She bolted out. I opened the scripture to you. I said, hey, look. You know what it says about tongues? It says, if you came in an unlearned person, you'd think they are mad if they did all at once. What you did was actually biblical. See how the word of God is true? <laughs> I didn't want her to like run from the Lord, and guess what? You know, I had to eventually, you know, not long after that, after topic, pastor I had to leave that fellowship. So, uh, but this is so beyond that. This is like just mind blowing the stuff that we're going to talk about, things that we're getting into. But I think it's very interesting when you look at the scripture, uh, it warns us not to go beyond, not to go ahead. First John, and I think it's important. And Second John, they're dealing with the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. They're dealing with insurrectionists who claim to have mystical experiences and hearing from demon spirits and going beyond the gospel in both uh, teaching and behavior. And he warns them in 2 John chapter 1, verse 9. It's really only one chapter, if you want to call it a chapter. Everyone who goes on ahead passes the limit and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. And I think it's very instructive when you look at the correction at the Church of Corinth. These guys are coming off with doctrines like laying on graves and trying to suck the power out of different you know, people that have died, which is just demonic, it's necromancy. First uh, Corinthians four, six, he warns them, do not go beyond what is written. So we're not supposed to go beyond the word of God. There's our limit. And I think it's interesting after he's correcting them about their misuse of tongues and their, their butchering of the gifts of the spirit and causing people to stumble, causing people to, to, to potentially fall away and so forth. He speaks to the Church of Corinth in a way that would Bethel and any other fellowship that wants to just kind of make just kind of do their own thing and then say bless this mess and oh well we we follow certain scriptures and so forth. Paul gives them a rebuke regarding how they're handling the Word of God, and he says this. And by the way, it's the Church of Corinth, which had a huge problem like Bethel does now. But the Church of Corinth was tame, you know, compared to what they're doing and what this so-called revival around the world stemming from them is. What's taking place? In it, First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verses thirty-six through thirty-eight says, "Or was it from you that the word of God came?" I Meaning, are you guys basically the originators, of the word of God, or are are you only the one, the only ones that's reached? In other words, he's basically saying, "Are you the sole proprietors, the originators, or sole proprietors of the word of God?" If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, because they're saying, "Hey, I'm spiritual," you know, I don't have to obey Paul. They're concerned that he's concerned that they're going to take all the destruction that he's given for just three chapters there, 12, 13, and 14, about the gifts and so forth, and ignore it. So he says, by saying, hey, we're spiritual, we could do this. And by the way, I talked to a pastor where the tongues were off at the church, and I said, it's not biblical the way it's being practiced. And I was a young Christian, and he said, he goes, Joe, we feel like we've reached a level of maturity where we can do it this way. And he basically was telling me that, hey, uh, it doesn't matter what Paul said because we've reached a level of maturity. That's exactly what he was saying here. Paul was warning about Uh, He said, if anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge the things that I'm writing to you, that they are the command of the Lord, not a mere opinion. Verse 38, if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. And that means if you are out of order with the gifts and you see what the scriptures say and you refuse what it says and say, oh, there's really no limits and you continue walking it, you're not recognized by God. That's a serious thing. So where are all these things coming from? Gold dust, you know, you know, all these weird things. Well, the things that are in Scripture, well, they're not recognizing God in a lot of the basic things in the Word of the Lord, Uh, so I don't believe they're being recognized, and I believe there's another spirit at work, and I'm not saying everybody that's there that has gone there that's, you know, there's no saved people there, but if you're genuinely saved and you're seeking Jesus, He'll lead you out of a place where there's rebellion to Him, because the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft.
1: Amen, and I think these things are really, really important, that's why we belabor these points, especially when you get away from the Scriptures. When you get specifically away from the scriptures and you start saying things like that, that it doesn't restrict him. As you said, God cannot lie and so forth. So I want to express where we are getting this clip, because I think it's really interesting when we put these two together. Because that clip is from a portion that was taken out, and it's specifically to address what they call grave soaking. And we talked about that. In our Bethel series as well, we showed Benny Johnson, which we'll get into when we get into this a little bit more. But I want you to hear a clip because this clip right here, I am sure that people that are alongside Bethel, they will use to ridicule anyone who would come and say that, hey, Bethel is teaching and some are practicing grave soaking. And they will use this clip to prove that, hey, they think this is a myth. How
4: would you think this and perpetuate this myth when it's something I'm in the environment regularly teaching and living with these people and this is not a practice that we are participating in and yeah. that we we teach or and certainly not with the in the, the connections that people have made.
1: You know, one of the reasons we played that clip at the beginning, that's towards the beginning of this episode because I want you to see quite clearly that somebody here, specifically Mr. Farrelly, is speaking with a forked tongue because he's going to show something. He says it's a myth.
2: We don't do that. We don't practice it, but watch what happens.
1: No, exactly. Watch what happens. And also, I want to point this out now because this is something that just came out. So we're dealing with something that's right in the news. A young lady by the name of Mackenzie Morgan is a worship leader, and she came out and said, hey, I will no longer play the music of Bethel Hill Song and Elevation Church. Praise the Lord. And... A pastor that I have literally met, I've talked with, I've, I've seen him at events, I have, I've been given books by him, seems like a very nice guy, conservative leaning on a lot of things, we would believe a lot of the same things biblically. He himself, I was reading an article where he wrote a response to Mackenzie uh, Morgan about some of the things that are taught. And here's what he had said, and I'm going to show you a couple things to show that what Mr. Farrelly just said is being believed by even conservative pastors. And this is what he said. He said, I recently, this, I'm sorry, this is Shane Eidelman. And this is what he said I recently preached a sermon series on revival. Brian and Katie Torwalt led worship during one of the messages, and Kim Walker Smith during another. To view the controversial services that sparked the article, were the services God honoring? Were the lyrics theologically sound? Were the messages biblically accurate? Could there be abundant fruit? So he's looking at this experience, and then he calls the likes of Sean Foyt, all of which are from Bethel, calls them solid by his own words. Mm. And then he says this, and he's pretty much going to tell you exactly what Mr. Fairley just said. He said, quote, in that same article, for example, in terms of the myths about Bethel, for example, grave specific Babel yeah. Be- Bethel's leadership condemns grave sucking, but people still say that they teach it. But I'm going to say this mm. before we get to this next clip before we get to this next clip remember we are going to use their own words there's no reason for us to just speculate let's use their own images let's use their own words and we're gonna go through a few clips and listen to specifically I want you to listen to this clip and Shane if you're listening if you watch this please listen to this clip and the next two clips we're gonna play specifically on grave sucking as you call it or grave soaking as it's called in the video and I want you to love you Shane
2: real quick and and, you know we Pray that you'll, your eyes will be open to this, because this is serious. Because if we're we're we as pastors are putting stamps of approval on these guys, and then people say, "Oh, well, brother so and so, this pastor's legit, or he seems legit," let's you know, and they end up getting their faith shipwrecked because they get caught up in all this stuff. That blood ends up being on our hands. And so we need to be aware that we need to look at this stuff honestly and say, hey, maybe they're speaking with forked tongues. And I I believe a lot of conservative Christian pastors hear what they say and say, oh, those are just lies. And then you take a close look and clip we're going to play in the same that Farrelly's addressing. We'll see in a little bit. They just totally contradict themselves. Forked tongue.
1: Yeah, no, a total total contradiction. And this first one, I want you to listen to Farrelly as he tells you what he's quoting and also listen to the awkwardness after he reads his own words and then he tries to help him explain it. Please play the clip. To be
4: super clear, sometimes a quote of yours is attributed to this idea that we're actually going to graves looking for anointings to be, you know, to to get and to pass on. Um, There are anointings, mantles, revelations, and mysteries that have lain unclaimed, literally where they were left because the generation that walked in them never passed them on. I believe it's impossible for us to recover realms of anointing, realms of insight. Sorry, I believe it's possible for us to recover (laughs) realms of anointing, uh, realms of insight, realms of God that have been... Uh, untended for decades simply by choosing to reclaim them and perpetuate them for future generations.
3: So at that point, you're talking about in honor and faith. It, what What's I felt that? the Lord speak to my heart like 20 years ago when I first started collecting for our, our library museum mm-hmm. was that if we honored the saints of the past, not worship, not talk to for sure, um, but if we honored them, the Lord would give us access to their the grace that they lived in
1: now, I, I got to bring this out before I ask you the question, all right? Because even the statement that Bill Johnson makes about the grace that they live in is different than the realm of anointing that he was quoting from. But then, this is why we said these, these videos seem to be spin. Instead of repentance, which is what we pray for before we do these. we just prayed that before we started this. We prayed that over and over again before recording anything regarding any false teacher is repentance. And the fact is, is instead of seeing repentance, we see spin. So it went from a realm of anointing by these seemingly relics, right, to a which place he of he did, grace. by the way, yeah. say
2: that it was poss- It's possible to access them. Yeah, remember before, he had to yeah. correct it. Yeah, he said impossible. Is no, bo- he said, oh, I'm no, sorry. it's possible to access yeah. these realms. You know, which contradicts what he said just before that about these myths of grave sucking. If indeed he ties these realms of the so-called power, and these are spheres of of power that. Uh, were a mantle or domain that was associated with this particular uh you know particular teacher and often they're just false prophets of the past that they they bring up is that you could access them or angels that have remained dormant, remember our five parts so you gotta check that if you guys haven't seen it, where you know hit Benny, his wife, uh, Johnson's wife, where she, you know, talks about how you could wake these angels that have been slumbering or sleeping for years up, you know, calling their names not speaking to them? He says, oh, certainly not speaking to them. We have her speaking to angels and calling angels. Speaking to calling to angels, that's the lyric from one of their songs, okay? We're talking about them engaging spiritual entities, and it may not be talking to the person at the grave, but it's definitely laying on the grave, which the next clip will show, and maybe we'll speak to that next, and yeah. after yeah. we play that clip.
1: Yeah, so. I, I do want to speak to that. and it becomes really clear. And I also want to point you guys back, as Joe already mentioned, to the second video on that series. It's called The Bethel and Friends Contagion. And in that video, Joe is the one who brought it out to us because I hadn't even heard that. And I had studied I man, I probably over a hundred hours of teaching of Bethel at this point. And I hadn't even heard that until you showed me that clip of them literally praying to receive the mantle of William Branham. Branham. And guys, Total heretic. guys, we're talking about him talking about the power that comes from that that couldn't even that he would die pretty much yeah. if he had to have that power, so it had to be this released. Is right to there everyone. at Bethel,
2: you know, I think it was Walton that was like yeah. praying that that mantle would come on people. And we played a clip where Brilliant Branham, who was a Dominionist, you know, a Latter Rain guy, believing that we're going to take over the earth for Christ. That's going to be the false Antichrist system, where a counterfeit kingdom, uh, where he literally is saying that you know that the doctrine of the Trinity. You know, you believe Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That Father's God, Jesus is God, Holy Spirit's God. He said, it's demonic. They want that mantle. That's demonic, what he said. And the mantle's demonic. And they're basically praying for people to be demonized if they're praying that the same spirit that was upon him is upon their fellowship. Now,
1: amen. And I think that is just absolutely important. And as I, I, I try not to give too much away because I want you guys to see those clips. But as you watch this next clip, remember, go back in your memory just to what we just played. It's a myth. It's never been taught, it's never been practiced. I, I live there, I know this. But then you're gonna hear the same Mr. Fairley who said that, says this.
4: One of our leaders had a profound encounter with the Lord uh, at the grave of a former church leader. So wow. he comes back and gives a testimony about this. And because our students are so hungry, <laughs> I mean, it's like meat to a wolf at some level. Like, you're getting the Lord will meet you at a grave? So it. it I remember in that, as the yeah. dean watched it, like, Whoa, what, what? But, but I've had to learn over time, like, if I try to kill something too early, that's, that's we, good. we totally yeah. miss the potentially the good <laughs> things. And again, the weird things that come. But when I kill everything too early, our people, our students stop, stop taking risks. About the
1: demonic things. Now, think about this, Joe. He just admitted that someone had an experience at a grave, mm-hmm. came to the church, and taught. A leader. A leader taught and then guess who practiced it and he didn't want to stop them from practicing it how is that not juxtaposed how is that not completely opposite to what we saw in the beginning of no this? I'm
2: sorry it was a lie for them to deny it they've officially denied it their leadership has in the past uh, many people said oh yeah they don't do it so I guess that you know it's making everybody else liars he's reported on it and this becomes this you know now in the and he talks about the myth of grave you know soaking it's like, and then they talk about. It's like right in the same. It's like these guys in the same interview. It's like they contradict themselves. Uh, and it's just absolutely heart- heartbreaking. And uh, and you know what? Think of some of the scriptures. I mean, this is witchcraft. When you go to the graveyards and you seek power from dead people, it's what the Bible refers to as necromancy. It's condemned in the Scripture. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, seeking spirits that 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 mutter. You know that peep and mutter and. Uh, some entities in, in the past people would seek uh, occultic entities that would be from graves or that would mutter from the ground. They would they would mutter up, you know, and they would listen to them. They, they'd seek, they'd seek uh, the dead. They would seek uh, spirits of the dead. They would seek demonic entities. King Saul sought the dead and he was put to death because he sought the witch of Endor's uh, counsel and tried to bring up uh, uh, somebody. And God actually used that to say, you're dead you know, basically through the prophet Samuel, you're dead because of what you've done. And it's a very, very serious situation. In fact, uh, it says in chapter 8, verse 12 of Isaiah, they speak not according to his word, it's because there's no light in them. Listen to this. And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? And now whether you go there to actually talk to an entity or you go to lay on an entity's grave so somehow a spiritual power will come up from somebody who's been dead. And by the way, they aren't there there anymore. The Bible says be absent from the body is be present with the Lord, if and it was indeed a genuine believer, because some of these guys were false prophets. Uh, some of these folks are laying on, on the, the graves of people that were actually teaching heresies. Like if you go to William Branham's grave, and you can even look Google image William Brown's grave. If I remember right, it's got the whole, you know, the satanic, you know, the, the eye, or it's got the triangle. It's, it's spooky and demonic. Uh, and that's who these guys are into. And I don't know if they've gone to his grave yet, but I'm sure they would love to, many of them anyway. But he, he, the scriptures warn of necromancy uh, and all these different things. And so it's it's very, very important that we as believers, uh, you know, if they're seeking spiritual power there. You know, when I was a kid, man, before I was a Christian, I'd go to a graveyard with my friends, you know, a a, a friend named Carmen who thought she claimed to be a witch. We went down there, and I didn't really have any strong beliefs. I definitely wasn't a Christian. I was anti-Christ, and we went there and did some just junk. And it was not long after that that I, you know, told, I think that was part of it, put myself up to the demonic world. And people, Satanists and witches and so forth, will visit graveyards for power. And what they're doing is they're emulating that, and it's an occult practice. It's... uh. Not it's, We're not supposed to contact the dead and seek power from them. So
1: what you've seen here is an admission that this has been practiced by leaders at Bethel, an admission that it was taught from the pulpit at Bethel, and that it was like wolves, I believe you said, meat or, or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah. Um, and you're like, that's that's not even tacit, that's just a flat-out admission. It's not silent, this is what happened, and he did not want to stop it. You're not a shepherd yeah, if you don't want to stop yeah, that. Yes,
2: not what do the scriptures say about this? It's wow, this is really tickling their ears. It's like red meat to wolves, you know? Just kind of an interesting analogy. And it's like, yeah, they're going for it, so I don't want to kill it too soon. Because it's about anything that turns people on. And Christianity for in many sectors, so-called Christianity, has it's become a circus, you know? It's become the object of ridicule by the world who looks at this stuff and just mocks it. Uh, it's it becomes a lie for many people that are caught in it And if you're from Bethel or you're from a movement, you know deep down in your heart that you're hearing pro- prophecies That are false constantly in fact according to Bill Johnson when we play in the five-part series and some leadership there Bill Johnson basically says hey you have to make false prophecies if you're really a prophet of God he, I mean probably should we play him saying that because they know they're making false prophecies But that's not from God if you're caught up in that man the Bible says let God be true in every man a liar you need to find a, a, a solid Christian church where the pastor fears and loves the Lord, where they're adhering to the Word of God, and they hold His Word and treasure it in, and meditate on day and night in their hearts, and where they're just loving one another, obeying the Word of God. Not this, but guess what? Paul said in the last days, he said these things would happen, and people would tickle their ears, and many would keep up teachers that would tell them what they want to hear. And of course, you can. What's interesting today? is you have a better chance of growing a church regarding numbers if you preach a bunch of heresies than if you preach the truth. You've
0: been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at one 866 truth That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.